with Derech Hashem, and we are up to a brand new parak here in Derech Hashem. This morning we begin the fifth parak, Chelik Aleph Parakei, and and therefore Simon Aleph. Here we are here at the beginning, and it's entitled as we see Bechelke Abriu Matzaveim Befrat, the component parts of the universe, the Bria, and their uh, conditions, and um, <clears throat> how they operate on a specific level, and to unword that, it's a little wordy, to, to, um, to uh, decipher that, it's really the Ramchal continuing exactly from the previous parak, and the fourth and the fifth parak are the Ramchal getting into the details of what he got into in the generalities in, uh, 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 um, in the third parak. The third parak, he gives us the basic, general, loose outline of how this world works, how the next world works, what uh, the objective of everything is, and there's the Olam Haschar, Olam Ha'ava, uh, slash Olam um, Ha'ava, that's stage two, and then there's the Olam Ha'avoida, slash Olam Hazeh, stage one, and how stage one is set up for us to create stage two for ourselves, make ourselves people that are those people that will be able to uh, be present and appreciate stage two. And he told us that this the whole system depends on the, the inhabitant being the right inhabitant in stage one, that's us, and the environment being the right environment. We have to be people uh, of which we have Bechira, we have the ability to choose, we have the ability to make ourselves like God, and we have to be in an environment which constantly gives us opportunities to apply that Bechira to make ourselves like God. That's what he said, you know, in a general sense in the third paragraph, and he said there's a lot of details that we're going to get into at length. So the fourth paragraph, as we saw, is all about the details of man himself, understanding how, how we work and how we're built. That was the entirety of Perik Dalit. Getting a better understanding, a deep understanding of what the Nisham is, what the Guf is, the relationship between the Nisham and the Guf, the soul and the body, the physical and the spiritual, how the, 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 the physical is only able to be raised by the spiritual on its own. It can't do anything on its own. It sinks. We saw all that at length in the fourth Perik and how ultimately our own work is making us like Hashem and the kavanas that need to go into that, and the understanding that needs to go into that. And then, finally, at the end of the paragraph, we saw that Hashem himself still reciprocates and, and, and um, the elevation, the purification, and the sanctification that we're getting is really a function of Hashem responding in kind to all of our work. That, that was, in a nutshell, what we saw in the fourth paragraph, but... Again, fourth parak was giving us the details and the the nitty gritty of how man is built and how man works in this whole system of going from Olam Hazat to Olam The fifth parak, which is the final parak of the first segment of the sefer, the final parak of, of Chelik Aleph. There's four halakim, four sections to Derech Hashem, and the fifth parak rounds out the first section. So the fifth parak is. For the universe, what the fourth parak was for man. In other words, now we're going to zoom in in great detail, understand the environment that the Rebbein Shem set us up within, the environment the Rebbein Shem set up for us, within which we have this ability, the proving grant, to create our Olam Haba, to create ourselves as B'nai Olam Haba. As Ramchal said, there are two requirements over here, two, um, two uh, entities that have to both be created just so and just right for the whole system of work, and that's man, and that's man's environment. They both have to be set up, created, established in the precise and correct way 
for HaKadosh Baruch Hu's goal in the creation of the world to be met and realized. So now we're going to get into the topic of the universe. We know in an approximate sense what the universe's role is. The universe is there to be outside of us, to give us environments and opportunities to apply our Bechira, to be tested via the, this ongoing struggle of the part of us that goes up, the part of us that goes down. And now we're going to get into that in detail. So let's now start the, fourth, the fifth, the fifth parak here. Bechelke habriya all the different component parts of the Bria, and how they operate, how they work in detail. Aleph. starts from the very, very beginning over here. It's going to go from bottom up. He starts by breaking everything in the universe outside of man, everything that's outside of us, down into detail and, and in a categorical uh, understanding that he's, he's going to give us now. There are two main categories within creation. Two um, distinct uh, types of creations within creation, and that has to be established immediately. What are those two different types of concepts in creation? Gashmi v'ruchniyam. There's gashmis and ruchniyas, there's physicality and spirituality. Everything that's in the environment outside of man can be broken down into one or the other. It's either Gashmi or it's Ruchni. It's clear from the Ramchal there's nothing in between. Nothing in between. It's either physical or it's spiritual. Hagashmiim, what's the physical part of the Bria? Physical existence can be defined as something that we perceive with our senses. And that further breaks down to two subcategories of upper physical existence and lower physical existence. There's things that we can perceive, but then there's still two subcategories, the higher and the lower. What's that? What's higher physical physical existence, higher physicality and lower physicality? The upper physical existence is the... Um, Heavenly bodies, the heavenly garmium is um, can be translated in a couple different ways. It could mean things that are in motion, or it could also mean active, causative things that have influential, influential heavenly bodies, things that are of influence. Garmium ashamaimim, the heavenly bodies that are in motion that are influential. Now, he doesn't say in what way they're influential. He's talking about the heavenly bodies. What is that? <laughs> He's talking about everything that is basically um, above planet Earth. Everything that's not on this planet. That's the star, stars, the sun, the moon, the planets, the constellations. Those are the garmi mashamaimim, heavenly bodies of influence. So what degree do they have influence what, what influence is he talking about? The, the simplistic understanding of influence is, well, the sun gives us heat, the moon gives us light at nighttime, and stars give us a means of, of tracking um, months and, and years. So that's, there's certainly of influence, they influence the entire planet Earth all at once, and the sun provides life, light, Heat, energy. Without the sun, no, nothing really can. No, life is not sustainable down here. Um, moon influences tides on planet Earth. The moon also marks off months, as do the constellations. The constellations, and the placement of the of, of the uh, 
constellations in their orbits in the Earth's orbit around the sun, gives us seasons, gives us years. So on all of the above uh, examples, they're influential, heavenly bodies of influence. And there's a spiritual, that, that spiritual, there is a, a hashgacha component of that as well, which we'll have that coming up in the Sefer, that um, they're of influence in that which they represent. They're representative of some spiritual agents and forces behind the scenes that have spiritual influence over all the, uh, the doings and happenings on planet Earth. For the time being, Garmim HaShamayim we thought of as heavenly bodies that have all have some influence down here on planet Earth all at the same time. Uh, the, the, the entire planet, they affect the entire planet. Okay, so that's the upper level of, of physical existence, anything that is in the sky. And um, what is the lower sphere, the lower level of physical existence? That's everything that's down here on the planet, the face of the earth. The land, water, talking about precipitation, so he's talking about also you know, rain, not just talking about water, water on the planet, the water cycle, the water evaporating up, coming back down in the clouds, the atmosphere, the atmosphere of planet Earth. Everything that is within all that, that we just described, everything that's within those regions and environments on the planet, in the water, in the air, all that is the lower elements of Gashmias. So it's interesting, the Ramchal made two distinct categories and he distinguished items that are above the atmosphere, really, to items that are below the atmosphere. There's Tachtoidim and Elyonim. And Ramchal puts a dividing line in between. You know, and he's clearly splitting them up. And he's saying there's planet Earth and everything that inhabits it and includes not just the surface of the planet, includes the atmosphere, includes the clouds. But that's it. And that's all one type of existence. And then he told us um, that there's another fundamental type of physical, exist physical existence, everything that's above the atmosphere, everything that we refer to as an outer space, the sun, the moon, the stars. There seems to be some significance of that. And the significance seems to be, you know, like Karav Zelza, each one kind of sticks to themselves. You know, we don't ask the the um, stars to come down here, and when little fragments <clears throat> of um, space rock do come down here, they they burn up, right? Those meteoroids and last very long. We don't ask the the moon, the planets, and the sun to come down here. They stay exactly where they're supposed to be. If the sun would come too close, we'd all get burnt to, you know, be fried chicken. They stay up there. They're in their sphere of existence, it would seem that by extension, everything that's down here is, it's, it's, it, we're, we're, this is our sphere of existence. And the Loikar of Zelza, there's kind of a separation made between the two. Uh, does that mean that man, you know, is not allowed to penetrate beyond the atmosphere? We're doing something wrong. We're, we're, we're doing an Avera if we leave the atmosphere. And the Ramchal's not saying that. You know, are we violating some cosmic... Um, by law, going past an uncrossable line, we send spaceships to the moon. No, Ramchal's not saying that. And I remember I, I, I was uh, in, in day school when the, uh, the Challenger blew up, the space shuttle. 
Uh, the first time anything like that really ever happened, I mean, it was certainly for Americans. I think the Russians had lost some cosmonauts before that point in time. A few cosmonauts had been lost. But you know, America never had something like that. You know, you have the space shuttle on its way up, and everyone's so excited, the whole thing blows up like 90 seconds into its launch. I had a Rebbe in day school who, um, when that happened, he said, Hashemaim, Shemaim la Hashem, Vars Nosan Livnei Adam. The heavens are given to our gods, and the earth has been given to mankind. That's what he said. Um, did I say I wasn't sure? I, I mean, I, not that I wasn't sure. I, I wasn't equipped at the time, being like a kid in school, what, what to read into that, what not to read into that, what he was, you know, did he mean something that has significance, didn't have significance? I don't know. I don't know. Um, and and the Ram, is the Ramchal telling us that, yeah, if, you know, spaceships try to penetrate beyond the atmosphere where there's a different sphere of existence, you're going to blow up, you're not supposed to go there? I don't think the Ramchal is saying that. But I do believe the Ramchal is, is uh, in agreement with an idea from, that comes from this Pasuk, Hashemayim, Shemayim, Lashem, Vars, Nasan, Levnei, Odom, which means it's not that we're not allowed to go there, but what are you doing there? What, what are you doing there? We weren't created to go there. Your job is down here. Anyone that lives on planet Earth, you know, our job is here on the face of the planet, in, in, in the water, maybe, with the clouds, the atmosphere. Okay, that, that's, that's our environment. That was created for us. Anything above the atmosphere is a different environment. It wasn't created for us. It was created for different types of objects. And a line has been drawn between the two. Not a line of, 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 of prohibition, but a line of clarification. You know, where do we exist? Where do we live? Where are we supposed to be hanging out? Where's our, you know, job, our mission, our assignment? Our assignment doesn't require us going beyond the atmosphere. Mankind's mission statement does not include anything about what lies above the clouds. So when we send people into outer space and to the moon and things like that, you know, we... we you know, kind of just satisfying curiosity. Just satisfying curiosity when, when such a thing happens, when, when we send people up there. Um, our job is not up there. Our job is down here. Belong here. That's right. That's right. So th that's pretty, um, that, that much, at least, is, is uh, an idea that we can draw out from this Ramchal. But let's keep going. That's not, the, you know, that's not the main topic at hand. It's just interesting as an aside. We do see that... Um, that uh, the Ramchal does make that distinction. It does make that distinction. Where's our job? Our job is down here. That, that could be what the Rebbe meant. It could be that's what he meant, yeah. It's possible that's what he meant. It's certainly possible. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, now, I, I'm aware that they send satellites into space, and that's beyond the atmosphere. That's true. Um, some satellites, some satellites are... Well, and technically speaking, not in outer space, right, within still layers of the atmosphere. Um, Pashas, there's a difference between sending something up into orbit, which is... Um, affecting the planet, having some influence over the planet, and it could be that uh, it could be proposed, the satellite, an official satellite, has become another Shemaim Garmium, has become another influential object, you know, something that's up there to relay uh, 
um, you know, um, cell phone transmissions or whatever else it may be that is, uh, you know, doing something that the other celestial bodies do. That's not exploration. What, what, what the Ramchal is telling us is the idea of exploration, space exploration, moon exploration, bring back rocks from the moon. We've got plenty of rocks down here, you know. We haven't used up the rocks that we have down here. Um, is, there, is there water on Mars? And maybe, I don't know, does it really make a difference if there's water on Mars? We're not supposed to be going there. We're not supposed to, col- the moon wasn't made for us to colonize it. And there's, you know, in, in, in space work, there's, I really didn't mean to get into this this morning, but I think, you know, Rabbi Aronson mentioned um, the Rebbe again, so I, I guess that kind of schlepped us back in there. Um, when, when, when NASA goes into space, or anyone goes into space, there's one of two things that are happening. It, it's either something that is actually, that is actually, uh, beneficial for mankind is actually doing something actively, and that's sending something into orbit, like a satellite. And even again, also not all satellites are really beyond the atmosphere. But let, even let's talk about satellites that are beyond the atmosphere. Um, they are they are of benefit to mankind. They can become shemaim garmim. They can become influential objects that are out there in in in, in orbit in space. There's another type of uh, of of um, entry into space, and that's what they call, like, the exploration, scientific studies, experimentation, and exploration. And that's where we can definitely say that the Ramchal is showing us that there's two distinct environments, two distinct levels of, of creation, and Hashemayim Shemaim Lashem. Our job is not to explore the moon, to explore Mars, to, to investigate it for colonization and all that. No, we live down here. We're supposed to be down here. Our job is down here. We are active down here. Okay? That, that, that's, that's very clear. Um, let's go on. So that's Gashmis. That's the realm of, uh, of, of the physical. Haruchniim. What about spiritual existence? Heim, nevroim, mishulolim, igeshem. Ruchni, spirituality, are items, objects, creations, anything that has been created which are devoid of all physicality. They lack physicality. Nothing physical about them. They cannot be perceived via our senses. So Ramchal is giving us an interesting definition of Ruchnis. Ruchnis can be thought of, thought of as something that we cannot perceive. We can't perceive. With any of our senses. We cannot see it, we can't smell it, we can't touch it, we can't taste it, we can't hear it. That's Ruchnis. There's two types of ruchnis as well. One type of spiritual existence is the neshama, the soul. The second type of spirituality is nivdalim, called something that is separate. Nivdal. What does it mean that it's a nivdal? Nivdal literally means it's, it's something distinct, it's something separate. Separate from what? It means separate. From Gashmias, it's removed, removed from anything physical, but it's also separate from Hashem. It's not a soul, it's not something that's, that's here to be sent down into this world, but it's not Hashem, and it's not Ruchnias, and it's not, it's rather Gashmias, it's not physical, it's a Nivdal. That's a general loose term for any being, any being that's not Hashem, not physical. Now the Ramchal zooms in even further. Hanasham is. What are the neshamas? When we refer to the neshamas, what are the neshamas? Hey, min evroim ruchniim is a type of spiritual entity. His atadu lavai b'sayich which are destined to be inserted into a guf. They're, they're created to be sent down here into this world. 
to be mixed together with a guf, to be mixed in and mixed up, intertwined with a guf, and to be cemented, connected to the guf with a with with a, with a firm and powerful bond it's firm and powerful bond that harks back to what we saw earlier in the Sefer there has to be a firm and powerful bond even if the Neshama is very intertwined and entangled with the Guf which that's Ligabel it's enmeshed within the Guf but that enmeshment has to be cemented and, and tied with a very firm solid bond why? because the Neshama and the Guf are by definition by nature polar opposites the Neshama repels the Guf the Guf repels the Neshama even if I mix them up, it would be like what? Even if we only have, we would have the Ligabal, if that's all we had, it would be like one of these, you know, they have these um, kids' toys. We have a sealed little jar of water and, and uh, it's colored water and like oil. And um, you can mix it up and the whole thing mixes together. And then you let it sit for a few minutes, the oil rises to the top and the water settles to the bottom. And it's nice and it's colorful and it's pretty. But it will ultimately separate itself back out because water and oil don't mix. They don't mix together. So if I shake it up, I got them to mix momentarily, but since they are uh, opposed, they repel one another, the uh, substances of water and oil, eventually they separate themselves back out again. That's the Nisham of the Guf. The fact that all of us are alive is a constant nace, really, constant ongoing miracle, as we've discussed previously. That's why it has to be a Kesher. Amitz V'chazak, HaKosh Baruch binds them with, with this... Super spiritual glue over here. Okay, but that's the neshama it's sent down into the guf and it's cemented onto the guf, mixed up in the guf and cemented onto the guf. The neshama's job is to have different types of activities, different types of effects on the neshama at um, at different points in the in the uh, neshama's existence. I mean, sorry, the person's existence. The neshama's there to have different. Effects at different times. What does that mean? Bismanim Shoyim. It does different things at different times. So we saw a little bit of that also. There's stage one and stage two, and the stages in between. The, what the neshama does in that enmeshment, when it's entangled with us in stage one, is not what the neshama does in stage two. In stage one, all the neshama does, the effects of the neshama are a, that we are alive, and b, that we are intelligent. We have intelligence. Our intelligence is the sign of our neshama, and our life. Ongoing life is a sign of the neshama. That is what the neshama does in stage one. The oilam ha'avoid and oilam hazen, oilam ha'ba. The neshama has the ability to raise the guf, to purify the guf, to elevate the guf, to bring the guf close to Hashem, make the guf something that can be close to Hashem. So that's what the Ramchal is alluding to over there. Um, that is when we break down the realm of Ruchnius. We, be, we encounter immediately the neshamas and Nivdalim. So the same way, the neshamas are are are, uh, are are distinct and have their own jobs. So nivdalim is distinct from neshamas. We'll see nivdalim breaks down further into two different categories. Let's just see this quickly. Maybe we'll take a break soon for the day. Ha nivdalim, what are nivdalim? What are nivdalim? Hey min. Nivraim Ruchnim, Nivdalim is a type of spiritual creation. Built in Udalim Lugufa is cloud. 
something that's not destined and not created to be put into anything that's physical. Nivdalim are not created to go into a physical um, casing, a physical body. Now the Ramchal didn't say that they can't. Ramchal just said that that's not what they're created for. That's not what they're destined for. It is a little bit implicit here in the Ramchal that maybe, sometimes, occasionally, it could be possible for a nivdol, which means a spiritual entity, a spiritual creation, which is not a, a, a soul of, of a, a Jew, not a Jewish soul, um, which is created and destined to be inserted into a body. There nevertheless it sounds like the, from the Ramchal that there is a possibility that of sometimes it getting some type of physical structure, some type of physical housing. And that's what it sounds like. In other words, the Ramchal didn't say that a nivdol is not a neshama because a neshama is created to be put into a body and can be put into a body. And a nivdol, that means a spiritual being, cannot be put into a physical body. He didn't say it can't. He just said that's not what it was created for. That's not its goal. Implying that maybe it could happen once in a while. And maybe we'll get back to that. Um, Why it was created? Oh, so let's see in a moment. Very good. What was what were they created for? Um, nevertheless, so these nivdalim, spiritual agents, spiritual um, entities, their job is not to come into this world in body form, and they break down into two subcategories. Oh. One type of nivdal is something that's called a koyach, a force, force, a power. The second is malachim, what we call angels. And even within the realm of malachim and koyachas, there's different levels, and we saw this in Chagiga, right? Different levels of malachim, different stations of malachim, different jobs, different assignments. And they have different rules they obey, not rules, i.e. rules set by Hashem, but different um, laws that govern how, how, how they work. The same way we have, there's laws of nature that govern man's existence, you know, what we need to survive, and how we can operate, what we can do and what we can't do. We have laws of physics that limit us. We have laws of nature that limit us, laws of biology that we have to adhere to. Say the Ramchad, the Malachim have the same kind of thing. Malachim are created in such a way that there's laws of spiritual nature that bind and limit the malachim and, and delineate what the malachim are capable of. Based on, on, you know, where they're holding. To the degree that we can lump them all together and make one big category called the, the, the category of the angelic category. But it says the Ramchal has to be thought of as a broad category. There's a lot of specifics a lot of um, subcategories, sub-subcategories within the general category of malachim. But what I'm trying to tell us is don't lump malachim all together into one category. He's saying more than that. That the, 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 the uh, one point that the Ramchal wants to really make over here is that the spiritual realm is a complicated realm. And the same way down here we understand the physical realm is a very complicated place. There's uh, there's there's vegetable, mineral, um, animal. There's there's all kinds of different laws and rules. What works, what doesn't work. The laws that we have to obey, laws of nature that we have to obey, laws of physics that we have to obey. You know, we can't... We, there's laws of gravity, laws of, uh, of, of um, motion. 
and all that, and so many different things within this realm and within this world. Saying the Ramchal saying, um, it's all like that in the realm of the spiritual as well. It's complicated, complex, a lot going on. Malachim doesn't mean there's just something called a Malachim angel, and that's it, you know, just one generic, one-size-fits-all type of entity and creation over there. It's complicated, there's a lot of rules, there's a lot of things going on, a lot of principles, a lot of different types of Malachim, what they do and how they can do it, and how they operate and how they can't operate. That's the point that Ramchal wants to say. In the meantime, so we will stop for here, and we'll continue with Mitzvah Shem with this paragraph tomorrow, and see more about how the world is set up, and we'll take it from there. We thank you all for joining.